Welcome to KJV Cafe, where the truths of God's Word come alive. Grab a hot cup of coffee or tea and spend some time learning about our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Listen now to Pastor Clark Covington of Heartland Community Baptist Church as he explores great insights from the Word of God. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. Thank you for joining me. I'm so blessed to have you here. Today we are in the second part here uh, of a series on Is God Able? Amen. Is God Able? And I want to ask you that question. I want to propose that question to you today. Is God able to move and work in your life? God is all-powerful, but are you experiencing his power today? Many people believe they have problems that are bigger than, than what God could solve. You know, and as a pastor, that's hard to even say because in my mind, nothing's bigger than what God can solve. In the Bible, we spend so much time studying God's incredible power. I mean, you see God, you know, take over massive um, countries with just Gideon and 300. You see God... Uh, have a virgin uh, uh, bear a child uh, who is the Savior, who is God in the flesh. You see God raise Jesus Christ from the dead, amen, miraculously. Uh, You see God split uh, the Red Sea, amen, and have the Israelites cross over on dry land. On and on and on, you see miracle after miracle after miracle of God. I mean, you want to see God's power, look at the plagues right before the Israelites got out. There, the, the plagues that God sent upon Pharaoh, uh, uh, even being the Passover and all the rest. I mean, you have to be a very powerful God to do these things. And they were so diverse and so unique and so uh, hard to fathom that clearly it must have come from the creator God, the God of the universe, and nothing is too hard for him. God lets us know this in the scripture over and over again, and yet we here we are in day-to-day life, kind of like the disciples when the wind is blowing there and they have to wake up Jesus because they're scared they're going to sink, amen, and the storm's going. It's no different. We have the storms of life and we're trying to, you know, wake the Lord up and say, God, uh, please help us, can you, you know? <laughs> and Jesus is like, are you serious? Do you not have faith? Do you realize who I am, that I'm not going to let this boat sink? And God wants us to know here today that if we're serious, that we need to know that he is with us and that he will provide for us those that have been saved, those that believe on him. Amen. I can't speak to the uh, lost person here today. I can only speak to the saved person when it comes to God's promises, because I believe they're made to the saved. Amen. They're made to those uh, that have accepted Christ as Savior. So we see here, Jeremiah 32, 27, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Now, I'm not going to go too deep into this because last episode we looked at some of this, but understanding the context of the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is speaking to the Israelites who are facing Babylonian captivity. Babylon was a big growing nation at that time under King Nebuchadnezzar, took them away and things were looking very scary. They were leaving their homeland. They were going to a foreign land. They were basically becoming slaves. Amen. Uh, They were no longer under the rule of their leaders. Uh, They were no longer involved in their culture the way they were. They lost even their homes and all their possessions. This was a very scary time for the Israelites, and they were wondering where God was. And Jeremiah is telling them, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? There's nothing too hard for God. What God wanted them to know was judgment was being brought upon them for the gross sin in their life. We want to live here in America today. 
Like we have God's favor and it's okay to live sinful. Well, that doesn't work. Amen. So we have to understand the duality here that God has all power to move and act as he wants to, but that in no way is God obliged to use that power to endorse sin, uh, to endorse bad behavior. Think of a parent and you have a, a really, really bad child, a young child, they're very rambunctious and you have the power to buy them every toy in the toy store. And they think you should. But they're rambunctious, they're rebellious, they don't listen. You say, well, I'm a, why would I give them the toys? This is going to make their behavior worse. Why am I going to bless this child who is cursing me? Yet we think here in this world, in America, because it's legal, quote unquote, under the law to, to act wicked, uh, or we think because our friends or people at work or school act wicked, or in the movies or so on and so forth, that we then have the right or the license to act this way. And we don't. We don't. So nothing is too hard for God. There's a bunch of scripture I have, and I'll read a few of them here, that show that nothing is too hard for God. Isaiah 59, 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Jeremiah 32, 17, Ah, Lord, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched thy arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Numbers eleven twenty three and the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. And Genesis eighteen fourteen, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And so, whether we see Moses and the Israelites and God and God's power there to deliver them from the bondage of Egypt, whether we see Sarah. And Abraham, and, and having the chosen child at an age that seemed inconceivable, whether we see Jeremiah and the Israelites and the Babylonian captivity, and them turning to God, seeing that it would be inconceivable to get their land back, on and on, we see God's power. And here today, we're staring down a very, very dark and wicked world. We're looking here at sin becoming normal, uh, sin becoming, you know, just almost like popular and accepted in culture, um, you know, all over the place. I, 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 it's just absolutely an abomination to God. Isaiah five twenty, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter! Exclamation point. Is that not the world we live in today? People say, oh, you're a fundamentalist. You believe in traditional marriage. How dare you? We, we don't want to publish your uh, commentary on social media. We don't want your book in our library, on and on. Oh, you believe in something that's not traditional marriage, that's an abomination to the living God, that is called an abomination in his word? Oh, yes, we want to lift that up in our society today. We want to make sure that's codified into the law, amen? We want to make that a big thing today. You know, it's incredible. It's incredible. I heard this morning on the radio that apparently you can blaspheme God in school, but you can't pray to God's name in school. It's incredible. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous. That's why we homeschool here at KJV Cafe. If anyone's curious, we took him out. Amen. At least the young ones we got out. The high schooler, you know, he's a little bit, he's about done. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. And I've told him too, you know, he's going to be a senior next year. I said, man, if it weren't, weren't for, you know, he likes the sports and all this thing. He's been in school since a kid, obviously. Uh, I said, look, if it weren't for your older age and get ready to go off to college, whatever it may be, I'd pull him out too, because it's gotten that bad. And he, I don't think he disagrees. It's, it's a bad, bad scene in school, in government. We are calling things good that are bad. We're calling things bad that are good. Amen. And Isaiah tackled that many thousands of years ago, incredibly over 2000 years ago. That's Old Testament, right? So what is it going to take to get us to unlock the power of God in our lives? If we know the world is wicked, if we know that judgment is, is starting to come upon us, and I know a lot of preachers say that God's judgment really doesn't start until the tribulation, and that's after we've been raptured out, and I don't disagree with that necessarily, but when I look at things in the world, and whether it's terrorism, whether it's wars, whether it's AIDS, whether it's COVID virus, when I look at these things, I have to think it's somewhat at least God's judgment. And the reason why is because this country and this land and this world has sinned greatly against God. This country is very sinful. Go over to Europe and see what see how they treat a living God. Amen. Not everyone, but that is a very lost and fallen area. Amen. Asia and communists. I don't. I mean, some parts of Asia, you you, it's illegal to believe in God. Amen. I could go on and on. But this world, I believe, is facing judgment. At the very least, God is allowing the devil to do these things, if not more so providing a judgment to the people. Amen. And so we understand that. How do we draw close to God? Number one, we need to repent. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So you notice in order to draw nigh to God, in order to get close to God, what do we have to do? We have to cleanse our hands. What does that mean? That means we need to repent. Amen. We need to repent. We need to get right with God. Uh, when I think of repentance, I think of Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, those are Christians, which are called by my name, Jesus Christ, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Wow, that's repentance, is it not? Humility, getting pride out of the way, praying, seeking, not being afraid of God and running from God, but going to God, seeking his face and turning. That means getting rid of, not no longer doing those wicked things. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Amen. And he, hey, to heal their land, that means something must be broken. Amen. So I believe that this is a truth that we need to turn to God. We need to repent. Amen. Psalms 145, 18, the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. So number one, we need to repent before God. We need to get our hands clean. Amen. We need to get right with God. Of course, we need to be saved. And then secondly, we need to call upon him in truth. We can't be under false doctrine, under false teaching, living a life that is completely uh, afar off from God. Uh, we have to be about the truth that is his word. We have to be in his word. How about Psalm uh, 73, 28? But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. You know, we must trust him. You know, what's another word for trust? Is it not faith? So we have to be repentant, right? Before God, we have to uh, call upon him in truth, not be under false teaching or false doctrine. Amen. That's the idea of like you're in a worship where everyone's singing and dancing and they don't know a bit of scripture and they think God's okay with it. That's an example of that. And then what do we need to do? We need to have faith. 
Hebrews 11.6 tells us uh, that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's impossible to please God without faith. Amen? So we have to have faith. We have to believe that he is who he says he is. Amen? We have to realize our condition. Psalm 34.18, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. The idea here is, is very similar to uh, the Beatitudes, where Jesus says in the book of Matthew, uh, blessed are they uh, that are poor in spirit, uh, you know, that are, that are uh, brokenhearted, because theirs is the kingdom of God. Well, why? If we think that we're doing good, we're not. And if we realize our condition, then we've made a lot of progress, right? So those that are struggling the most, okay, spiritually, would be those that think that they're doing good, Right? They don't realize that they're spiritually blind. They don't realize their need. And we need to get to a point of realization uh, for our need for God. That's why, like, and I'm not trying to generalize, but say you're in prison and you're broken, quote unquote, and you get saved. That'd be why. Or you're going through bankruptcy and you're broken and you get saved. That'd be why. You're going through a medical emergency and you almost die and you get saved. That would be why, right? And those moments of time, we are realizing our brokenness. We are realizing that we are poor in spirit and that we need a living God. And in order to tap into God's power, we need to realize our need for him, right? And when we start doing these things, we start seeking the Lord. We start drawing close to him by cleansing our hands. We draw close to him by worshiping in truth, getting into a Bible-believing church and studying his word on our own, verifying what the preacher is saying, making sure it lines up with the word of God. I wish I had time to get into that, but I don't just understand that we should be double-checking what what it is. Uh, get, so getting into Bible-believing church, uh, drawing close to God, trusting him, having faith, realizing our condition, all these things will lead us to a close relationship with God. And we have a closer relationship with God then I believe God's power will be upon us. And then this great power that God has, we will see it in our life. And we'll see it more clearly and more abundantly because we are close to him. We are seeking his will. We are desiring to see his power. We are giving him praise when we see his power. And all these things are happening because we are living as God intends for us to live. I think that's a fair statement to make. Again, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone. But power from God comes by living close to God. Power from God comes by living close to God. I thank you for listening today. I wish I had more time, but wrapping this one up, I thank you for listening today. Tune in next time as we get into more great truths from God's word. Take care, God bless, and amen. Thanks for visiting the cafe today. Our goal is to inspire you with the truth and depth of God's word in a straightforward manner. Do you know Jesus? You can today. Visit kjvcafe.com to learn more about God's great plan of salvation for all of mankind. Until next time, remember, as Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 puts it, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. <laughs>